Welcome back to another episode of the Agnes London podcast. This week on the podcast, I'm joined by Laura, the founder of Brightzine, an ethical lifestyle magazine. Since they started in 2016, Bright have also launched their own product range, a coffee shop and a members club. In this episode, we chat about starting a small business and the vegan community. I hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you very much for coming on, Laura. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So you started Brightzine, which is an ethical lifestyle magazine, back in 2016. I did. I did. It's a while ago now. We just had our third birthday. Wow. Which is fun. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. And the magazine comes out quarterly, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes, we are actually going to change it, I think, to biannual, um, just because we want to have more time with each issue, because I, I'm very attached to it. So I want it all to be like perfect. So I want to have more time with each one. And also with everything else we're doing, I don't ever want to rush and put out um, a mediocre issue. So yeah, it's about to become biannual, which is exciting, because then it will be bigger and thicker and have more going on in it yeah yeah so um you started it with your sister Mm -hmm. and one other yes is it still just the three of you that work on it um it's kind of grown outwards which is very nice which is what the intention always was so um I started it with my sister Tamsin and Roxanne who's our um, very talented illustrator and um yeah we started it just as an idea and as like a passion project Mm -hmm. and then um, it's grown and we've had different writers over the years. We have some regular writers. We've got columnists now like um, MJ does a makeup uh, column in every issue. We've got the Air Vegan, um, who's a good friend of ours called Daniel, who lives in New York and he's an absolute sneakerhead, um, but is vegan and wants to find like the best vegan uh, trainer. So he writes a, a column for us now. And then we have a really, really great network of really talented writers that are like passionate about stuff and want to write about the things they're passionate about so we've been really lucky with um who we found which has been awesome um and then on the team we've got um because we now have uh, a shop mm-hmm. <laughs> um so we've got um great people working in the shop with us and then we've got um sarita who is helping me with everything mm-hmm. and uh we've got a new comms intern called uh, georgie so it's gradually growing the family which is really nice yeah that's yeah, good. it's fun. Sounds like it's growing at like a good pace as yes. well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're not rushing anything. Yeah, that's good. So three years ago when you started, mm. um, you and you launched the magazine. Was the idea behind the magazine primarily to have a vegan magazine or like an ethical lifestyle magazine? Like which one was the kind of driving factor? Um, the first one was definitely like a vegan magazine mm-hmm. um, because there, I mean, there are vegan magazines and there've been even more startups since, um, but they're very vegan food focused. Yeah. And like, I like to eat food, but I don't really <laughs> like to talk about food or look at pictures of food particularly. So um, we wanted to write about like veganism and its ethics. And it's like, yeah, just the sort of the ethical drive behind veganism and all the people that are doing really 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 cool stuff in the vegan community in the vegan world um so the first issue very much centered around veganism in london because mm-hmm. that was where we just saw this massive explosion of like everything going on in london and people starting up businesses so that was the focus in the beginning and then it's grown we are still very much a vegan magazine and veganism is our baseline for everything um but we talk about things that are inside and outside of veganism as well yeah so i wanted to ask you what you'd noticed since 2016 like in the um 
because I feel like veganism definitely was a thing and has obviously mm. been a thing for a very long time. Yeah. I feel like the last few years it has exploded massively, yeah. especially in London and especially with people starting vegan-focused businesses. Yeah, absolutely. No, there's been a huge growth. And it was, um, so I've been vegan for almost 12 years. So I didn't know any vegans for ages or really any independent vegan businesses back then. Mm. So the reason we started Bright was because we saw that people were starting to do this but the absolute growth of since then is amazing and seeing all the like investment that's going into all these big plant-based meats and all these things like the growth is like it's actually quite hard to keep on top of yeah so when we started bright like i had been to every possible vegan and vegetarian restaurant whereas now i'm like my list just never stops growing <laughs> i'm like i will go there i will go there at some point um because now there's so much to keep on top of and there's so much going on which is amazing like um yeah I wish it had been like this for the past 12 years but I'm so excited that it is now yeah I know your options must have yeah expanded so much there oh, must yeah. have been like two or three you could have gone yeah. to back then yeah oh god yeah it was uh, a lot of um changing menus to to fit you rather than having an option mm. chips and side salad yes. yeah and a fruit salad for dessert yeah. <laughs> have you found that people's attitudes towards like you being vegan and also like obviously running a vegan business mm. have changed a lot yes uh, mostly because people know what vegan is now mm -hmm. um because before people would be like oh vegan so you can't have gluten i'd be like no yeah that's a really common one yeah i love gluten what are you talking about <laughs> give me all the bread <laughs> yeah all of it please um but yeah i think people now know what vegan is whereas like i mean even me personally when i first went vegan before that i just thought it was this really like weird extreme thing i didn't realize that it really wasn't that extreme really wasn't that difficult so i feel like people understand it now because you can see vegans mm. like you can see famous vegans you can see you know regular people that are vegans it's just it's much more accessible um and understood and yeah as, as for a vegan business i think we've just yeah, I don't know. I think people have been supportive, so we haven't had too much drama in that, yeah. that side of things. That's good. Yeah, I've been lucky. Yeah, that's great. So when you started the magazine, did you have, why a magazine? Like, mm. Why, did you have a background in publishing or anything like that? Or writing? Yeah, yeah. So I trained in journalism um, when I went to uni a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And um, it's funny, actually, because I, my mum pointed out that I was always making um books and like photo albums and little like stationary things when I was a kid so this is an absolute hilarious um thing that I'm now making magazines because I do the all the layout for the magazine as well mm. so um it's like a dream job um but yeah so I did journalism and then I did a lot of like f sort of freelance writing copywriting I interned solidly for like a year um and then I kind of I ended up copywriting part-time and then ended up doing all sorts of other jobs that took me away from journalism. And I just felt quite like, um, not dis maybe disillusioned, maybe just kind of like fed up with working for free. Yeah. And there's a lot of that when you're like a junior in, in anything media related or creative related. Yeah. Um, so then when I saw that veganism was like having a big moment in London, I was like, I wanted to write about it. And I started writing articles and just putting them on Medium. And then I was like, this is really unsatisfying because I don't know if people are really reading it or engaging with it. Um, and I just thought, well, I love zines and like zine culture. I used to go to like the, um, the like once a year, like London zine fair, which is really cool. And just see the things that people put together. So that originally was what it was going to be like a real sort of like punk DIY kind of um, zine that I could just print at home. But yeah. 
um, yeah, it kind of developed into something a bit more aesthetically pleasing than what I initially intended. Mm. Yeah. Did you print the first few issues at home? No, I got them printed uh, professionally, but I did the minimum order. So I printed 25 copies and um, I was just like, let's see if anyone buys them. And I just like made an Instagram and then put it on there and then people did buy them. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) So I like packaged them up and sent them out. And then we did a reprint and then we did another reprint. And then we sort of became more a part of the community and got to know people more. And then it just grew and grew. And then it took us, I think, five months between issue um issue one and issue two just because I was so busy with my full-time job at the time um Mm. and then yeah it just grew from there um but I never yeah I never did the print at home thing yeah (laughs) was there ever a kind of did you ever question whether you should do a physical magazine or whether you should do an online one obviously with the kind of the ethical aspect of it and like printing it on Mm. paper and having like a physical magazine yeah, yeah, and it's something that um, we do occasionally have people message us and asking if we do a digital-only version. And the only reason we don't is because we feel like there's a certain amount of, like, devaluing with um, content when it's online because, like, everyone is just swiping and scrolling and not really engaging. And we find that a lot. Like, we could write a blog article and put it on our Instagram and be like, go and read this blog article about this. And people will comment, like asking questions about it rather Mm. than clicking the link reading it and finding out for themselves they'll still come and ask us a question and we're like I wrote an essay on it go and read it (laughs) so we feel like with online it's people want like I just want the answer now I don't want to do too much labor I don't want to yeah I don't want to have yeah I don't want to have to read um whereas we feel like with a physical magazine like people come up and they pick up the magazine and they smell it and they're like oh it smells nice because it smells like fresh (laughs) freshly printed you know and it's more of an experience. Um, so all of the um, paper we use is recycled and recyclable and FSC certified. So it's as ethical as possible or all vegan inks, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. So and we, you know, we just try to make sure we don't waste anything. Yeah. You know? So it's it's finding a balance, really. And yeah, at least it's not plastic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that we're producing. Yeah. I must admit, like, I still like to read a book rather mm. than like a Kindle. Yeah. Like for me, I still like that feeling of yeah. turning pages. Yeah. And it's more of an experience. And I think like, you know, I've had a Kindle, I've got an iPad with the Kindle app on it and I download books and then they just sit there. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm a big fan of like Audible because then I can like listen while I'm doing my makeup or I'm on the tube or something. Um, but I feel like having a physical thing just forces you to just sit and have an experience rather than, just be like, I, I don't know, I feel like being on social media can be quite like um, manic because yeah. you're just constantly scrolling and looking for the next thing. So reading an article online, you could still be in that mode, whereas sitting down and actually like reading a magazine just gives you like a moment to connect with it in a different way. Yeah, definitely. And obviously like self-care mm. is a bit of a buzzword and it's having yeah. a bit of a moment at the moment, but it is definitely a yeah. kind of way of taking time for yourself, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Sit down, read, engage in like a a real sense not in in an instagram engagement way um and yeah yeah just take a moment with yourself as Mm. well yeah Yeah. so in the 12 years that you have been vegan presumably you kind of adopted a vegan lifestyle Mm. and then um were there any surprises when you started a vegan business like for example printing a um a magazine were there any things that you were like oh I didn't know that was not vegan like now I have to go and find a vegan option for this Mm. 
Um, I just made sure to check with inks because I know about like, because um, I have tattoos and I remember when I was first sort of started getting tattoos um, as a vegan, I, I heard a lot about like how you can get uh, non-vegan inks. They're usually like cheap ones that no one should have anyway. Um, so that was already in my head in the, th- the terms of the ink could not be vegan. So I was sure to sort of check that out. Um, and also things like the binding glue that they use along the spine because like the first the first ones that we had were stapled so that was um not something we had to worry about whereas now they have like a pure bind and there's obviously a glue in there so um that was something that we had to check but luckily nothing has come out of left field and been like oops not vegan like we we have been quite lucky but i think yeah once you've been vegan for this long i think you just naturally just check out everything um just in case because you know people like to sneak yeah milk and honey and eggs into weird things sneak it in everywhere yeah yeah it's like very strange the places. weirdest things yeah <laughs> like why do you need eggs in skincare like why <laughs> so bizarre i saw something the other day about bone china and mm. i was like i would have never even thought to yeah. check my plates yeah yeah that's actually something um uh, that came up when we were um thinking about stuff for the shop was was that i was like oh yeah bone china is a thing ew yeah. Who wants that? I don't know. That is the thought of that is just disgusting. Yeah. Um. So yeah, obviously you've opened the shop and the club. Yes. Um. Was that always the plan when you started doing a magazine, or how did that come about? Not at all. Um. We kind of. I feel like everything has happened quite naturally with us. Like it's been. We just kind of say yes to things that seem like a good idea and just sort of trust our gut in a way. Um. Obviously, there's a lot of business planning and stuff that goes into it, but a lot of it has just been an opportunity presents itself. So we're like, all right, um, let's give that a go. So um, I love coffee mm-hmm. and Tam loves coffee um, and Roxanne loves coffee too. Um, but we <laughs> we love coffee shops. So like if I go on holiday or something, I'll always look up like the best coffee shops to go to as well as the best vegan places to go to. So we, we've always had this love of coffee shops and it's kind of one of those, and there's something magical about them. You're just, you like sitting in a nice coffee shop or we you kind of have this pipe dream of like, oh, I'd love to have one one day, but that's not where I saw my life going at all. Um, but I knew uh, Flora who ran, um, or who runs Unripe Banana and they were here before us. And Flora um, wanted to leave London. So she was, uh, she wanted out of her lease. So um we spoke to her and we took over her lease because we just thought this is an amazing space. So it's kind of the space and the opportunity that came about first, really. So we were like, yeah, I can totally open a coffee shop. That's totally doable. <laughs> um, because also it's given us a chance to actually give Bright a home because I had everything in my house beforehand yeah. and that's just not manageable. And office space is just literally paying money for nothing. You don't get any return on that. So here we have our HQ you know we have a, our stockroom we have our office we have an event space so we can do all the events we want to do and then we've got a coffee shop and ethical lifestyle store where we can sell our things and other products that we're really passionate about so it was kind of the opportunity kind of opened up in front of us and we were like can we pull this off and so far so good so yeah it's it was yeah definitely the opportunity presenting itself mm. rather than um our plan from the beginning yeah that's an interesting point about office spaces because mm. definitely when you run your own business or you work from home yeah sometimes you just need to pay for a space yeah just to, to leave your house yeah absolutely basically. absolutely and that's um kind of what we've uh, set up with the 
the club is that it's a co-working space in the day so um but it's like half the price of if you were to go somewhere else because we want to support the vegan community but sometimes even if it's like one day a month you need a day just to go and work somewhere else um so why not go and work in a place with a load of cool vegans um <laughs> so yeah that's the intention behind that but yeah no, when we looked into office space I was just like there's no way to justify that because you know when you run a business any money you spend you need to be able to see how you can make that money back and with mm. like rent you can't really <laughs> there's no real, real way of making that money back directly anyway so this is the yeah, this is word for us yeah it seems like you've built up a real community of other businesses in the area as mm. well like on the hackney road yeah yeah we've got to know got to know the neighbors which is fun um yeah there's there's always more vegans in the world than you realize as well so it's like your <laughs> customer comes in that like runs a business across the road and he's like this is all vegan i'm vegan that's amazing <laughs> you know he comes here all the time you know so there's always like sneaky vegans popping up. Um, sneaky vegans. <laughs> yeah. But I love it because I'm often up there. So I'll um, sometimes do like the opening couple of hours in the morning or, you know, I'll go up there and cover people's breaks. Uh, I love making coffee. So it's, it's good fun. And um, so I feel like I know, I know a lot of our regular customers and um, yeah, there's other businesses in the, in our strip and beyond that um, sort of becoming our, our mates, which is mm. good. Good fun. So obviously you are still a fairly small business mm. and you have the magazine and the store and everything. So you yourself probably feel like you have about a million job titles. Yes, yes I do. Which one's your favourite hat to wear? <laughs> uh, exhausted person. <laughs> um, I don't know, actually. I usually just say like founder because it just feels like that's the only real one that makes sense or like entrepreneur or something because it's like it's there are so many yeah so many names you could give yourself but I I don't know I find any kind of attention just awful so I'm just like oh I don't know <laughs> <laughs> nothing too nothing too major but which part's your favorite part is it like editing the magazine is it the coffees definitely the magazine yeah, yeah. and it's the bit that at the moment I'm, I'm not getting to spend as much time on as as I would like um so yeah, I got really, really into like uh, magazine mode over the past month and I've just been so happy. So I'm just like, this is what I love doing is like uh, curating like the articles and, and hiring people to write them. And, um, you know, I had a meeting with um, Roxanne to like plan illustrations and stuff like that. Like, that's what I love the most. Mm. So, um, yeah, when I get to spend time on that, that's the best. But now we're we're more established in this building so I can focus on that more which is good yeah that's definitely yeah that's what I started this all for so that's mm. the bit that I, I need to like make sure I've got enough time for yeah that's good yeah. so with all your like your products and the magazine and the store it seems like everything has a really kind of clear brand direction mm -hmm. has that always been the case from the beginning um well, I'm glad to hear that <laughs> <laughs> because it's all just um what kind of what we've done naturally yeah so we've been like I'm very um like monochrome living like I'm always wearing black or like a little bit of pink or gray or something um but we like things to be quite clean that's always been um a focus and that's kind of why we went from being an a5 sized um like mini sort of zine in the beginning and why we went up in size to b5 that we are now mm -hmm. just to give the pages more space so yeah. that we could have more space around the words and have more space to play with um and yeah we just believe in it like a lot of white space and um having things match i had like the best comment when we first posted pictures of the store before we even like 
I think before we even had a coffee machine and someone commented saying like, oh, it looks like bright. And that was just like, oh, yes. Like, <laughs> that's, that was like so nice to hear because yeah. um, you can kind of, I mean, I, I, I don't have a degree in branding or marketing no. or anything like that, you know, so um, you just kind of put it out there. And then if it makes sense to people, then yeah, I'm glad it has some sort of cohesion to it. Yeah. And I don't think it's like what people would class as like stereotypically vegan. Mm like yeah, it's it's got a very kind of cool feel to it yeah that you wouldn't you i mean you probably find that people pick up the magazine not even realizing it's vegan yeah yeah and that was quite an important thing for us as well like we we might put vegan on the cover now because we just say, say ethical lifestyle and we're in this kind of debate of like should it say vegan on the front of it but then sometimes uh, we have distribution but it lands in shops and they don't necessarily know where to put it or a customer might pick it up that is vegan and not realise that it's vegan, so it's not necessarily targeting them. But we also want to target non-vegans because we want other people that are interested in ethical lifestyle to pick it up and then they will, you know, read all about, you know, all the different things that are going on and mm. then see all these really cool vegan businesses and, and, you know, we might convert them. Yeah. Or, you know, they might just sort of be brought into the community a bit more or just find out some cool stuff, so... Yeah, we try not to be super, super vegan. It's the same with the shop. Like, on the sign outside, it just says vegan food. But it yeah. doesn't say that we're a fully vegan place. So it means we have a lot of conversations about milk. But mm. that's fine. We're converting people to oat milk. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people these days, especially, like, with the year we've had, with the kind of conversations around, like, the environment and the climate, a lot of people describe themselves as, like, part-time vegans yeah. or as stuck trying to cut down. Yeah. So a lot of the information in your magazine will still be really useful to them. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And we try not to, like, not every article is about veganism. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and if we interview someone, we do usually ask them what their, like, vegan story is because that's quite interesting to find out, like, where people came from um with their with their vegan choices um but we you know we talk about a whole lot of things so it's not like in this next issue we're talking about like if taking drugs is ethical mm. like uh, recreational drugs um because that's a really big conversation inside and outside of veganism and that's uh that will speak to a lot of people it's not a vegan issue particularly no. but you know it's that's these are the conversations that we want to have that aren't just vegan specific so yeah yeah and I think for some people like they the kind of like ethical sustainable lifestyle mm. it's not just one aspect mm -hmm. like some people might come to it through veganism and then yeah. discover like sustainable fashion or yeah. like vegan makeup um and I know like obviously veganism is kind of a whole lifestyle yeah um but even if you're not vegan like you probably don't want makeup that's been tested on animals and yep. things like that so many people are like that so many people and like, i was like that before i was vegan because i was vegetarian and i was like i didn't wear leather or um anything like that and i didn't buy anything that was tested on animals so the last thing to go was my like dairy and eggs because I, I was doing everything else already um so yeah as you say people come to it from all angles and you'll get a lot of people especially now coming to veganism because of the environment and then they don't necessarily know about all the other things yet so yeah, you need to kind of catch everyone and be, like, open for everyone, for mm. sure. Yeah, definitely, you need to be appealing to everyone. Mm. So in the few years that you have been working on the magazine, you've obviously got to know a lot of vegan businesses mm. and a lot of small startup businesses. Yeah. What would you say um, you've noticed, like, the challenges faced by those businesses are, either from, like, a vegan angle or from, like, a, just a small business mm. startup angle? 
Um, oh God, so many things. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people go into it, and I'm not like um, saying this is about any specific people um, that I know of, but I think a lot of people go into uh, starting up a business, whether it's like a side project or they want it to become their full-time job, and they're like super creative and super amazing at what they do, mm. but they don't necessarily have the business mind. Yeah. Which I, I, and I'm one of those people, I, I've had to grow my business mind because I I didn't, I hated the idea of like business studies in school, ill, like no. Um, so I've had to learn since and I enrolled myself in like every possible program and um, I've had a lot of support from people. But I feel like that's something that people are so super creative and so passionate in veganism that they wouldn't necessarily have the right sort of business chops as such. So mm. they've had to learn that side of it and, you know, businesses can sometimes fail because of that which is a real shame um and that's something that we want to do with the club is we're we're now putting on um we've got like a startup basics um workshop coming up that's literally to catch those people that are like thinking of starting up or at early stage and it's all about like why you need a business plan and why you need to do all these things because they could be so easily missed or overlooked or you know that sort of thing so that's definitely one thing um otherwise something that I do worry about and I don't know if it's if it's I don't know if I should be worried but I worry now about how many independent vegan businesses there are um that are going to have so much competition from such from all the big supermarkets releasing so many of their own brand like ranges Mm -hmm. so you know we've got people that make amazing artisanal vegan cheese but then Tesco makes it for a third of the price not yeah. obviously to the same quality or the same amounts or the same types. But that's one thing that I do worry about with veganism growing is that how do we make sure that we don't lose all these amazing independents as well? Yeah, I think that's where being that small business side of it comes in and mm. relying on these people that want to support small businesses. Yeah. Because um, I have the same concern. A lot of my products, um, are start, you're starting to see similar things in the supermarkets, yeah. you know, for a price that I could never produce them for. Absolutely. Um, and I just have to hope that my organic cotton handmade version appeals to a different customer than Lidl's plastic version. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it will. Mm. Uh, It's just making sure you can always reach those people that will support you and will want to support you, which is, you know, has its, uh, its trials as well. Yeah. But also like, say for example, take vegan cheese, for example, having that on a shelf in um a supermarket that people go shop in all the time they might try that like it and it might open their eyes to trying up um to trying another brand of like vegan cheese and maybe the um the supermarket one might be cheaper so it's easier for them to kind of take that initial risk on yeah before they spend a little bit more on that maybe slightly more artisanal mm. um like handmade one yeah oh 100 percent. it's great that those options are there mm. um and that does turn so many more people onto like you know alternatives and that's that's awesome like i love seeing that and i love that that accessibility is there for people because not everyone has time to go to a vegan market on sunday to get all their things or yeah um you know they might not know where to get these things from otherwise from independence so i think that accessibility is is very very essential um it's just trying to find that balance to make sure that it doesn't um come at the expense of some some amazing businesses but yeah there is room for everyone yeah and like you say if if those things will you know turn a load of people on to 
our world then that's great yeah exactly yeah um i do kind of feel like that a bit with the um like say if mcdonald's were to release a vegan line or people like kfc yeah um and even like buying the vegan burger in nando's it's like you're still supporting a business that i think nando's have like the quickest kind of egg to like plate turnaround in chicken yeah so it's a bit like yes it's great that these vegan options are out there and you can kind of they take it takes away that like excuse for people that they can't find options yeah but at the same time you're kind of supporting the worst yeah the worst places Mm. yeah and i i kind of i i'm still kind of undecided where i sit on that because i'm like i love seeing that there's a vegan option in kfc like i mean but it does seem like it just seems wrong (laughs) at the same time and i do come from a more sort of like radical animal rights anti-speciesist background (laughs) that's more like my baseline so i will move away from that and be like no this is good that this is there and Mm. i understand the importance of it but also can we just not you know (laughs) so it is hard i do often have this this inner battle i mean i've not had you know any vegan kfc or or anything like that just because it's not it's not what i'm into eating and also i don't ever want to step into a kfc knowing how many lives are on their on their heads you know yeah so it is difficult but then also i'll buy stuff from tesco and tesco sell meat yeah so you know vegan in a non-vegan world i think it's up to everyone to try and work out how that works for them um, because the last thing we need is a load of vegans having a complete meltdown because they don't know where to shop and how to do this right. Um, but yeah, it is finding that balance. But I do find it hard because I do definitely do come from a more, um, yeah, animal rights first kind of mindset. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it's sometimes it's so hard to like tick all the boxes of your values. Yeah, like you is. could just end up eating like bananas yeah exactly and even then you're like oh where have they been shipped in from (laughs) exactly exactly and there's no there's just no way to be like a perfect vegan and we shouldn't be trying to be perfect anyway because that's very very damaging to our mental health Mm. um and then we're just going to uphold ourselves to like ridiculous standards and then expect that of other people and that's just that helps zero people so we shouldn't be trying to be perfect but it's just finding whatever balance you can and and doing the least amount of harm you can because, like, the world isn't built for um, anti-speciesism, unfortunately. Mm. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, we went on a massive, off on a massive tangent yeah. about um, veganism. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, while we're on that subject, what yes. are your favourite vegan spots in London? Well, the Bright Store does great. <laughs> <laughs> vegan croissants. Yeah, they are um, really good. <laughs> they are. Um, I love Plant Hub. Mm-hmm. Um, which is local to here. Their food is incredible. Um, I order from them more regularly than I should. Um, but no, their food is fantastic. Um, I do love Young Vegans. They are like super creative with the food that they make. All their pies are incredible. I never get. I'm never in Camden anymore, so I never get to get get them. But they also have Death by Pizza, which are local to us, which is absolutely incredible pizza. Um, they're awesome. Um, like a bit of cook daily what else i should have like all these just like tattooed on me (laughs) (laughs) um but i yeah like i say i've got so many i've got lists of like so many places i need to check out yeah um 
I need to go to the new Wild Food Cafe in Islington because apparently it's very different to the original. Um, I really like much more like high end, like fancy eating. That's yeah. somewhere that's on my list I need to go to immediately. Yeah, I think I went to the original like three years ago. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, it's very different, um, but it looks very cool. So that's yeah next on my list. And what non-food businesses are your favourite? Non-food businesses. Sorry, kind of putting you on the spot here. That's all right. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm very um, trying not to buy too much mm-hmm. at the moment. Yeah. That's kind of, yeah, because I've, I've gone back and forth with minimalism and trying to be re- really minimalist. And then when you run a business, trying to be minimalist is like impossible because you just have to have so much stuff. Yeah. So that's kind of like set me a little bit off kilter. The, only, the one thing I buy most is books. I'm like forever buying books. So you can see if you come to the Bright Club, you'll see books everywhere. They're all things that I've bought. Um, <laughs> that's my one vice. But yeah, I'm not sure otherwise. At least you have an excuse for buying the books though. Yeah. Because then you can keep them in the coffee shop. Exactly, exactly. And we do like on the um, the coffee shop's Instagram, we do like a book every week that we highlight and we talk about and then it's out in the shop for people to read. So we're trying to you know like with everything we do trying to encourage people to read (laughs) read a magazine read a book read a blog post read something you know yeah yeah do you do book swaps or book clubs here um we want to i think it's something we're going to try and do in the new year um we've just got to try and yeah we've got so many things we want to do just putting them all into motion when you're such a small team is like i know that feeling sure you do it is it's a lot but yes it's one that's on the cards yeah exciting Mm. Mm. so what kind of events i know you touched on this briefly but what Mm. kind of events do you run in the um club um quite a variety actually it's good fun so um one of the things we instantly started with was a vegan queen brunch club Mm -hmm. so we started vegan queen run club um like a couple of years ago now where we would just meet in a park in northwest london near where uh, me and tamsin lived at the time and uh, we'd just meet people there and we'd all run together because, um, like, Tam was training to do this, like, 16-kilometre run uh, <laughs> but hated running. So we were like, let's make it fun. Um, so we'd meet with people. And also because, like, running as a woman in public can be quite an ordeal because yeah. just harassment is a real problem. Mm-hmm. Um so we'd meet and we'd run in groups. And, like, you could, you didn't have to be a runner. Like, I suck at running. Like, I try. Um and I have been better at it, but things like this inspire me more to run. So people would come along and they could just walk or walk their dog or just hang out and have a coffee. Like there was no pressure. There was no like, it wasn't like a park run where you're being timed or whatever. Yeah. It was just chill. And then we'd all go and have brunch afterwards. Um, and it was a really nice way for people to meet other vegans. Yeah. And um, so we wanted to carry that on, but then we didn't really fancy running because it was really hot. So we just did the brunch. Um, so now people can just like buy a ticket and then come. And then there's pastries, there's cake from Vida Bakery, there's fruit, there's juices, there's coffees. And um, it's the same thing. You just get to hang out with other people and you can come by yourself or you can come with someone or in a group. A lot of people come by themselves and mm-hmm. that's awesome. So I think that's really brave as well. Yeah. I don't really go to a lot of things by myself. So I try and force myself to. Yeah. And I think that's. I think that's very powerful. Um, so they, so people come by themselves and then they make friends. And there's like two girls we know that met at one of the run clubs we did last year. And they're like best friends now. And I'm like, that's amazing. Like that makes everything worth it, you know? Yeah. 
so yeah so that was a very long-winded way of saying we do brunches um but we do <laughs> so we do those we try and do them like every month or every other month we do um a support vegan business uh mixer so that's for people that run vegan businesses uh to just come and it's just like an open sort of evening um it's a bit like a potluck so just bring some sort of snack and then everyone just like has some food and just chats naturally about it could be about work it could not be about work um, mm-hmm. sometimes it's like a big group conversation sometimes people break off and just chat about stuff and it's just nice to meet other people that are in the same world as you and just because yeah. it can be quite isolating so that's something that we're we're sort of growing at the moment and yeah like i said we've launched all these um support vegan business workshops so we've got one on like business basics one on uh branding and social media which is with ghost who are awesome so that's going to be a really really good one um those are both in november and then at the beginning of december we've got one on hr and recruitment and like how to build a great team and how Mm. to like spot great people at interview yeah and that's with um emma from citizen kind and that's a vegan recruitment agency so so far all everyone that's facilitating the workshops is vegan as well which is really Mm. cool and that might not always be the case yeah but so far that is um and then in the new year we'll have a lot more but we're not gonna be doing business workshops over the holidays because no one's going to be interested no one's going to be thinking about (laughs) business nobody um but yeah and then the space um it it can be rented out as well so people come and do their events here because it's nice to do stuff that's in like an all-vegan place yeah Um, so yeah there's always something going on yeah that's why i chose you guys for my upcycling workshop um yeah i think that's really nice i think sometimes like making the decision to go vegan if you're kind of doing it on your own and you don't have like family and friends that are on in the same mindset it can be quite isolating oh yeah absolutely absolutely and i i came from that but i'm quite i like don't care about being an oddball so like i was quite resilient but i could see how it could be very hard but i mean my parents were i was already like 21 20 when i went vegan so my parents weren't like on my case about it and I've yeah. already been vegetarian for a long time, but I can only imagine like the stories I hear where people are like, you know, they get ridiculed at every meal or they get questioned and like that sucks. So mm. um, to be able to come together and just meet other people and to just not feel like an oddball or, you know, someone out on your own. Because even in London, I mean, we're in London, there's vegan places everywhere, there's vegan signs in every window, but mm. that doesn't mean that your direct social circle around you is supportive. So yeah. I think it's yeah important just to create space for people. Yeah, definitely. That's what we're trying to do. And especially like small businesses as well. Mm. Like that can be quite isolating in itself to start in your own small business. Yeah, 100%. So. Yeah, and you can absolutely drive yourself crazy if you're on your own all the time. Um, and I feel like I've got friends, most of my friends that are running vegan businesses run food businesses so we don't have anything in similar like similar in terms of like our product except obviously i have the shop now but it's Mm. we don't make any of the food because i don't want to be competition for my friends businesses so i just sell their products instead um (laughs) so um yeah we don't have we don't have the same like business setup but we still learn a lot from each other Mm. and each other's experiences so i want to create that for other people to sort of create those connections so yeah doing our best well I love that you're all about community and you're all about kind of bringing people together yeah I think especially in London like that's so nice to see because it can be quite isolating as a city absolutely so I wanted to ask you what your favorite part of this community was favorite part just generally 
Yeah. Um, just how many different people you meet. Mm. Like, I love it. Like, this, and people are so fascinating once you get to know them. Um, so you'll meet, you know, someone that's a food trader, but then they're also like a really successful singer. And you're like, that's awesome. Um, or, you know, just finding out people's stories. Like, the community is, is very diverse. And you just meet really hardworking, really awesome people. And then you see like amazing collaborations happen. So we've been, you know, we've worked with really, really amazing people in the, in the space. And yeah, I think it's just the people, which is funny because I'm so, I'm, <laughs> I'm such a like cynic, <laughs> but I just, I love it. I just love, and I love um, going to events where I feel like this year I've been in hibernation just because I've been so busy, mm. but in years gone by when I had a social life, um, I used to just love going to people's launches and this that and the other not to get free food but just to see everyone um added perk though yeah i mean <laughs> i'm not gonna say no um but yeah just to sort of see everyone and and to be and to feel part of that community like that's just so awesome and, no, and knowing going in that you've got this baseline of like you're all vegan and you're all running yeah. vegan businesses or you're a vegan blogger or influencer or something it's just so nice i feel like i've made such good friends through through the community it's just been been a great three years mm. yeah oh, that's good yeah it's really like people are generally really lovely yeah within the kind of vegan like ethical sustainable yeah. space yeah i think so and like even businesses that could like they tend to be really supportive of each other as well yeah yeah absolutely Which is so nice. yeah it is it is because yeah um someone can be selling the same sort of stuff as you but I find, I mean, I've never had any problems with anyone because um, people are are all supportive and we all want each other to do well. Yeah. You know, um, and that's like, I'm very good friends with the girls from Vida Bakery and Danny's always said that, like, there are lots of vegan bakers. We're all friends with each other. Like, I, I want them to do well as much as I want me to do yeah. well, you know, because there is room for everyone. So I think that's that's quite powerful. Yeah, there definitely is. So what does the future hold for Bright? Well, <laughs> um, the next issue of the magazine is out very soon, which is very exciting. Issue nine. Um, yeah, that's good. It's it's quite a, a chunky issue. Now mm -hmm. looking at it, it's so funny because you sort of commission things and then you once you actually have it all together, you're like, wow, we, we talked about a lot in this <laughs> issue. And there's some, some hard-hitting stuff and some fun stuff and, yeah, all stuff going on with that. So that's out... Um, soon november we're hoping and then the issue after that will be issue 10 which is going to be very exciting and that'll be out in spring so yeah that that should be quite a big deal we hope and then we're just going to be doing a lot of stuff here on hackney road in the event space um we're doing a whole different um way of managing club membership which is going to be really exciting there's going to be a lot more involved in what you get with being a member of the club which is going to be really cool. We're partnering with um, amazing vegan small businesses, which is <laughs> our favourite thing to do. Um, and yeah, we're just going to be doing lots of events and just carrying on really with yeah everything that we've been building so far this year. Just, yeah, carrying on, really. Yeah, yeah. good. Great. Well, looking forward to seeing it. I need to ask you more about those uh, business events. Yes, they are. They're going to be awesome. They're going to be awesome. We're sort of looking at the syllabus and stuff for them now. And it's like the stuff that I absolutely needed when I started. Mm. And that's the, the 
quite a powerful thing about having gone down this road yourself is like oh god that would have been so useful three years ago yeah um, and helping give that to everyone else yeah definitely because it can be really hard to find that information Mm, if you don't know like where to look for it yeah yeah and having that as like vegan specific or like ethical specific as well is like super niche Mm. but like i think will be really powerful for people that are starting up vegan and ethical businesses yeah it's tailored to them directly yeah definitely so at the end of every episode, I ask my guests what mm-hmm. um, they've seen or read recently that's left them feeling positive and uplifted about the future. Oh, goodness. So this can be like <laughs> things within your business or yeah. just things within your lifestyle. Um, I just finished a book called Invisible Women. Mm-hmm. This is going to make <laughs> this is going to sound very not uplifting, um, but it's actually all about um, the gender data gap that we have just in the world generally, yeah, and all the different ways that um, women are not catered for because the world is built around a sort of middle-aged white man as like default human, yeah. And I just found it. I mean, I found the book like amazing because it's such, so, like, so many really interesting examples. Um, just about like you know the way the transport system is built and like it's oh it's just fascinating i i'm like recommending it to everyone but it actually as much as it frustrated me to be like why is the world built like this and like why are women not you know put on the same level as this default human which is a man it actually did make me very hopeful because there has been so much more focus on that recently. And this book alone has shone a light on so many different things that I feel like now people are going to try and close the gender data gap a bit more than they have. Yeah. Because there's just so much data that's not collected on women and women's lives and how women's lives are different to men just Mm. because of like various care duties that they have that men don't take on and stuff like that. So I felt like it was such an important book. Um... And yeah, I just feel like it's it's great to see that people are actually actively working to close the gender data gap. And that has, yeah, made me feel better about the world. Yeah. <laughs> for women. Yeah. And for everyone, you know, for everyone. Because, yeah. you know, feminism um, will help everyone. It's not yeah. just to help women. It will help men get out of the sort of um, more toxic um, roles that there are for some people. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely noticed like a lot of people that I meet that run similar businesses are women. Yeah. There's a lot of women run businesses in this space. I'm sure you find that as well. Absolutely. In vegan world. Absolutely. So many. Well, they say that 80% of vegans are women. So it makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) It makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, it'd be great to see more support going to to women and more um, things being catered to women's lives as much as to men. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It can only be a good thing. Absolutely. Mm. So where can people find you? Where can they find out about your events? Yeah. Um, So you can physically find us at 268 Hackney Road in Hoxton. Um, So you can come and see the uh, coffee shop and ethical lifestyle store. I'm pretty much always here. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Try the so croissants as well. You can actually see me. Um, yes, the croissants are ridiculous. Um, <laughs> and uh, you can find everything we do online at brightzine.co. And on there, there's a link to our events calendar. So everything we do uh, in the club is on there. And you can also find out about the Bright Club and how you can get involved. So you can get access to the co-working space if you are a freelancer or you run a vegan business or you're starting one up part-time. Um, but if you don't need that, you can still 
be a member of the club and then you just have a much much more reduced uh, membership and then you get all sorts of perks so um yeah you can see that all on brightzine.co and then we're just brightzine on instagram which is the most important social media platform <laughs> i won't the, bother uh, with the only other. platform <laughs> yeah <laughs> sounds like that sometimes doesn't it it does it does um oh one more question can people subscribe to your magazine yes yes i'm very bad at um ever telling anyone that yes you can subscribe to the magazine um yes yeah, so you can subscribe and then we send it directly to you you get it before everyone else and then you pretty much get like a little gift of some kind in every um every new release so it's definitely worth subscribing and then you don't need to worry when the next one comes out because it'll be on your doorstep. Yeah. Cool. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. Just wanted to take a moment to tell you about our next event. On Wednesday, the 20th of November, we will be hosting an event at Environmentally Friendly Members Club Arboretum. The aim of the event is to rethink the way we celebrate the festive season. There'll be talks on gifting, food and finding the perfect party outfit, as well as zero waste beauty demonstrations, a speed clothes swap and a market alongside. You can find out more about the event by heading to the events page on my website at aglislondon.com. In the meantime, if you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you'd go ahead and leave us a rating or review as it helps other people find my podcast. Thank you and see you next week.